Hello, my name is Dr. Ricardo Correa. I am a board-certified endocrinology and internal medicine. I am the program director for the Endocrine Diabetes and Metabolism Fellowship and the director for diversity and graduate medical education at the University of Arizona College of Medicine, Phoenix, and the Phoenix VA. I also am the medical director for the AC Patch Clinic, a charity clinic in Phoenix. My research interest is in adrenal and pituitary disorders and also in transgender and cardiovascular outcomes. It is a great pleasure for me to introduce you to the Physician Podcast, a service by Maricopa County Medical Society. If a practice is going to be, let's say you have a multi-member physician practice, you're going to want to have an operating agreement specifying you know, all of the management terms, all you know, any potential fiduciary duties, um, how profits and losses are shared. Um, you know, they're just a variety of things that, uh, you know, buyouts, buy-ins, there are a variety of issues once you bring in more individuals that become more critical to address at the outset. Hi, and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. I'm your host for today's episode, John McElligot. And we're here with Ms. Miranda Preston. We'll be talking about the five things you should know about the new Arizona LLC Act. Miranda Preston is an attorney with the Phoenix, Arizona law firm of Milligan Lawless. Her practice includes the representation of clients in a wide range of business transactions and healthcare matters. She works with many types of businesses and has significant experience representing those in the healthcare and life sciences industries. Miranda serves as a senior associate counsel on M&A transactions involving privately held companies, many of which involve sales to national private equity-backed purchasers. Miranda also advises clients on a host of regulatory issues. Providers rely on her advice and counsel to ensure they remain compliant with numerous state and federal laws, including the Stark Law, federal and state anti-kickback regulations, False Claims Act, and federal and state HIPAA patient privacy laws. Miranda is a Tucson native, And prior to joining the firm, she practiced for four years at a Tucson-based commercial law firm in the areas of business transactions and healthcare law. Miranda earned a Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of Arizona and her Juris Doctor from the California Western School of Law. While in law school, Miranda served as a legal extern at a large health system in Tucson. She is a member of the State Bar of Arizona, Maricopa County Bar Association, Arizona Society of Healthcare Attorneys, and Arizona Women's Lawyers Association. Miranda Preston, welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Thanks for having me. So we wanted to follow up on something that you wrote for Arizona Physician in the winter 2020 issue, Um, five things that you should know about the new Arizona LLC Act. So let's start at the beginning and frame for listeners why this topic matters to physicians. Uh, My first question for you is what is an LLC or PLLC and why do they exist in healthcare? Sure. So an LLC is a limited liability company, and it's a business structure that's provided for by state statute. So the word LLC is a legal term, and it's not a tax term. In Arizona, of all of the existing and active entities, there are far more LLCs than any other entity type. Um, And LLCs are generally the entity of choice for new businesses in all other jurisdictions. When comparing an LLC to some other entities, 
Some of the advantages provided by an LLC are asset protection. So in other words, the personal assets of the members are protected from the liabilities of the company. And there's far more flexibility in terms of governance and ability to waive certain fiduciary duties of the members and managers. And perhaps most importantly, there's pass-through tax treatment, meaning that the LLC itself is not subject to federal income tax, and all of its income um, is passed through to its members. So in terms of an LLC versus a PLLC, a PLLC is a professional limited liability company, and these are organized for purposes of rendering professional services. So PLLCs can only provide professional th services through members and managers who are licensed in the state of Arizona, but that doesn't mean that individuals who are licensed by the state of Arizona are required to practice through PLLCs. And I thought I would provide a bit of background on the enactment of the law. Okay, great. So the new Arizona LLC Act was enacted in uh, 2018. So Governor Ducey signed this new act into law, and it affects all Arizona LLCs and their owners. So it replaces the previously existing LLC Act that dated back to 1992. Is Arizona catching up with other states? Why did this happen in 2018? Uh, have people been fighting for this for 30 years? Yeah, so no, it hasn't been 30 years definitely since, since uh, this concept came to be. But in the last seven or eight years, the, uh, there have been various committees. The state bar has had a committee that's been working uh, diligently on coming up with a new act, and, uh, it, and yes, it, it, Arizona is catching up to many of the other states um, in terms of enacting this. Okay, great. I want to go back to a term that you had mentioned earlier when describing the new act. Who are members? Sure. Members are the owners of the LLC, synonymous sort of with shareholders of a corporation. Okay, thank you very much. So you talk about the five things that listeners should know about the new act, the new Arizona LLC Act. What's the first thing? Sure. So the first thing is that now the operating agreement, which is the governing document of the LLC, has a whole new level of significance. So when the original LLC Act was enacted, it was thought that LLCs would be used in relatively limited circumstances. Um, that obviously that didn't turn out to be the case, and now LLCs are um, the entity of choice, and as we've discussed in many cases, and definitely the case in Arizona. And so the new act provides default rules, which are essentially gap fillers for LLCs that don't otherwise alter those rules by their operating agreements. And so the result is that if you don't want to be subject to any of these default rules, your operating agreement needs to address that particular issue. Okay. So if the operating agreement, the, the underlying document for setting up that LLC or that entity should have A, B, C, D in it, but you're missing C, are you saying that the new act would have a new foundation of guidelines that would fill that gap? Exactly so. Okay. Yeah, I know a lot of LLCs have been stood up. Even uh, somebody who works in the movie industry said that for every movie that comes out, each movie is actually technically an LLC. Oh, yeah? To limit the risk for whoever produced that film. Oh, yeah. So that they could do the marketing for it. And in case it's a total bomb, they're not going to lose their shirt that you know, and, and shut the doors. <laughs> okay. Um, so what's the th second thing the doctors should know about the new act? Sure. The second thing is that the new act provides a new set of default fiduciary duties. 
And so a fiduciary duty, in simplified terms, um, it's a duty that a person owes to another person, and these duties encompass duties of good faith, trust, special confidence, and, and candor. And so in the business context, these duties help to ensure that the officers, directors, and managers of a business act in a way that's consistent with the company's objectives and the interest of the business owners. And so Arizona law provides for fiduciary duties for officers and directors of corporations and has long done so. However, the state of the law with respect to fiduciary duties of members and managers of LLCs has been murky at best for the past, uh, you know, in recent history. And so the new LLC Act provides a set of default fiduciary duties that a manager and member of an LLC would owe to one another unless you otherwise alter those duties in the, in the operating agreement. Okay. Would you say that this shift generally for the new act is more friendly to LLCs or just kind of correct some of the missing pieces that we've had over the years? Yeah, it's more the latter. So it, it can be problematic if there is a particular fiduciary duty that doesn't make sense for a specific factual scenario of a company. For example, let's say there's a physician practice. Let's say one of the physicians also has an ownership interest in a surgery center, potentially some competitive activities. That physician may unknowingly owe fiduciary duties that might run afoul of his business interests in the other entity. Okay. What's the third thing that doctors should know about the, the new act? Sure. Third thing uh, relates to indemnification and reimbursement. And so the new act addresses the rights of members and managers to be indemnified and reimbursed by the LLC and to have the costs of defense paid for by the company and claims that relate to acts or omissions on behalf of the company. And the old act didn't address those issues. So like many other provisions of the new act, these are just default provisions that can be modified. But again, if the operating agreement is silent, these rules will control. Okay. Let's try to break that down a little bit. Reimbursement, indemnification, and advances. What are they in general, and do you have any examples of them? Sure. So in terms of reimbursement, if a present or former member of a member-managed LLC or if a manager of a manager-managed LLC makes a payment in the ordinary course of their managerial activities um, and that payment didn't otherwise violate any other rules or fiduciary duties, now the LLC has an affirmative obligation to provide reimbursement to that member or manager. That's the type of rule that many would commonly expect already to be the case. Um, it's, this is just codifying that. And in terms of indemnification, an LLC is required to now indemnify the member or manager against any claims or demands if the claim exists because of the person's present or former capacity as a member or manager of that LLC, and if it didn't arise from their breach of the operating agreement, distribution rules, or any other fiduciary duties or management authority rules. In terms of advances, now an LLC may um, advance reasonable expenses, including attorney's fees, costs, um, and the like incurred by uh, folks in connection with claims or demands against that person because of their role with respect to the company. Most individuals would probably think these are already in place. These just codify those rules. Great. Thanks, Miranda. Folks, you've been listening to an interview with Miranda Preston, an attorney with the Phoenix, Arizona law firm of Milgan Lawless. We're talking about the five things you should know about the new Arizona LLC Act. 
After the break, we'll come back and talk about the two other things you should know and summarize what this discussion is all about and why it matters to you. We'll be right back. The Arizona Physician Podcast is brought to you by the Maricopa County Medical Society. This episode is brought to you by Bureau of Medical Economics, medical account specialist servicing the account collection needs of the medical community for nearly 70 years right here in Arizona. Welcome back to the Arizona Physician Podcast uh, and our guest today, Ms. Miranda Preston. So we got two more things to go. Uh, for the listeners, let's talk about the fourth thing that doctors should know about the new LLC. Sure. So the fourth consideration relates to voting rights. And so the new act changes the default rules regarding voting rights. So under the old act, generally decisions were made by a simple majority of the members. So each member had one vote irrespective of their ownership percentage. This is also known as per capita voting. Under the new act, unless otherwise specified in the operating agreement, voting is based on the manner in which the members share profits. So under certain circumstances, this change can result in meaningful consequences, particularly for those LLCs that don't have an operating agreement where there are two or more members who have a profits interest. Okay. So this is a question I want to make sure we cover for listeners. Are these LLCs ones that are incorporated within Arizona or just operating within Arizona? Sure. These are Arizona-organized domestic LLCs. Okay. Meaning if I'm a physician and I want to start up a, um, a practice and create it as an LLC or PLLC, must I have the originating documents incorporation within the state of Arizona could, or could I have started it in New Mexico oh, and have sure. a location operating Certainly. here? Certainly. Yeah. You can be organized in any other state and, uh, and register to do business in the state of Arizona and register as a foreign entity operating in Arizona. Right. At many, uh, many LLCs are organized in Delaware right. and operate elsewhere. Okay. Would the, would these laws under the new act for Arizona supersede Another states, for example? No, these just apply to Arizona LLCs. Gotcha. Okay. One more to go for the listeners here. Um, what is the fifth thing that doctors should know about the new act? Sure. So the fifth thing related to the new LLC act is about information rights. And so under the new act, there are new default rules that provide that the members and managers are entitled to um, additional information about the LLC before a vote can be held. And so the new act outlines specific information rights um, for these members, the former members, legal representatives, and even transferees. And an operating agreement can impose restrictions on access to some of this, but the rights of the individuals other than members and managers cannot be restricted. So when it comes to voting rights, can you share an example of when voting rights may impact an LLC formed by a physician? Sure. So let's say you have an LLC that's formed by a physician and a PA, and they're operating under a model where the physician and the PA are going to provide services, where the, the PA will provide the bulk of the services under the supervision of the physician. And let's just say all the other supervision rules are being met. Um, and they've structured this so that it's, in, in essence, an ancillary revenue stream for the physician, and the PA is going to be entitled to 60% of the profits. The physician's going to be entitled to 40% of the profits. 
they don't adopt an operating agreement. So under the old act, the physician and the PA would have had equal voting rights. But under the new act, the PA actually has voting control over all of the decisions of the LLC, other than a a pretty narrow set of voting rights requiring unanimous vote. This may not be in line with many of the uh, structures of a model like this. Okay. So that is very important for a physician who may think that they're coming into that agreement with the PA with the upper hand, but they're really not because the new act is saying that if whoever's putting in the majority of the work gets the majority of the voting rights and therefore possibly control of the company in the direction. Yeah. So it's, it's all tied to the way that they're sharing profits. And so if that's in, in a way that is any way other than how their, um, how their ownership is held, uh, then there's an issue. Okay. For listeners, uh, let's summarize this. It's the new Arizona Limited Liability Company Act, also known as the new act, will apply to all LLCs and PLLCs, professional LLCs. And the five things you believe physicians should know about the new act include the importance of the operating agreement and fiduciary duties, indemnification and reimbursement, voting rights, and information rights of members and managers. In your experience, do physicians tend to approach lawyers like yourself when they have problems or when forming an LLC to ensure everything is in good order? So we see a pretty healthy mix of both, um, but it's certainly a much smoother and typically less costly process when our clients are proactive. Great. So let's uh, share some guidance to be proactive for physicians. Um, the, The ones who are in private practice, for example... What documentation should they bring to legal counsel to start that conversation about conforming to the standards that are in the new act? Sure. Yeah. So you'd want to bring everything that's currently in place So to the extent that you maintain a minute book or any of your existing corporate records. That's a good starting point. Okay. What about any tips that you've gathered over uh, years of experience working with physicians who are, or may have an LLC or PLLC? Should they try to resolve things with within the managers, within the, the other owners of the company as an internal matter? Or you know, when does it get to the point where you would recommend a physician seek outside counsel? You know, it, it all depends in, in terms of the, the, the scope of the operations. But if a practice is going to be, let's say you have a multi-member physician practice, you're going to want to have an operating agreement specifying you know, all of the management terms, all, you know, any potential fiduciary duties, um, how profits and losses are shared. Um, you know, there are just a variety of things that, uh, you know, buyouts, buy-ins. There are a variety of issues once you bring in more individuals that become more critical to address at the outset. Okay. How have you seen this play out so far within 2020? So this came into effect, and have you seen cases come to your desk, or have you heard from other lawyers in town that physicians are starting to see the impact of the new LLC? Yeah, we're, we're just starting to see the impact of it. We're really, you know, so for entities that were formed after September 1st of 2019, they are automatically governed by the new act, and for entities that were in existence prior to that, they're not subject to the new act until September 1st of 2020. So I think because we have this kind of grandfathering period, there are some companies that, you know, are still figuring out if does this apply to them, what changes do they need to make, um, and things of that nature. Okay. Safe to say that 
well, it's true that at some point, September of uh, 2020 will apply to everyone. So yep. probably better to start the process sooner than later and get in line with what's happening. Absolutely. Folks, you've been listening to an interview on the Arizona Physician Podcast with Miranda Preston. We've been discussing the five things you should know about the new Arizona LLC Act. Miranda Preston is an attorney with the Phoenix, Arizona law firm of Milligan Lawless. Miranda, thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Bureau of Medical Economics has been servicing the account collection needs of the medical community since 1951, with nearly 70 years of experience in this industry and proven results. We proudly consider our clients, your practice, an invaluable business partner. There is no obligation and no upfront cost. Please give us a call at 602-252-3469 for more information. Thank you for listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast.